Hey, everybody, it's Matt. Be sure to join me and our team for a very special event. It's our annual Welcome to Greater Philadelphia gathering. This is one of Select Greater Philadelphia's signature events, where we welcome new and recently relocated organizations and leaders to our community. You'll enjoy great food and refreshments while connecting with our region's top academic business and civic leaders. This novel gathering, it provides us all the chance to say welcome to the neighborhood to our new colleagues who chose to grow their businesses and their careers in Greater Philadelphia. And our exclusive location for 2019, it's extra special. It's the new corporate headquarters for Entercom, the leading media and entertainment company of highly rated, award-winning radio stations, digital platforms, and live events, including this podcast. And the Entercom team, well, they call Greater Philadelphia their home too. This special gathering, it's made possible thanks to Comcast, TD Bank, Pico, Berkshire Hathaway Fox Roach Home Services, the H&K Group, and the Entercom and Radio.com team. We are all set for Tuesday, November 19th at 5.30. It will be an evening filled with meaningful conversations and new friendships. Register today for our annual Welcome to Greater Philadelphia event at chamberphl.com slash welcome19. That's chamberphl.com slash welcome19. Stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11 county community of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. She was so excited, she kicked right into giving me all of the statistics and metrics and measurements that were happening with the project work Mm -hmm. and the fact that she was so excited to be a part of it and that it really allowed her to branch out in her personal life where she was now living in her own apartment. She was taking public transportation to get to work and she was beyond proud of herself and it was delightful and truthfully I got (laughs) teary-eyed. The ability to work, to be independent, to be part of a team, contributing to a project. That can be really satisfying professionally and personally. It can lift our self-esteem and provide a high quality of life. At times, this is something that many of us may even take for granted. This week on Growing Greater, we learn about a novel program that's making access to the workplace possible for some folks who may have once believed that a career-oriented job was just not an option for them. We bring you a special partnership. It's creating jobs for individuals across a range of disabilities. The Precisionist Inc., they're a national business headquartered right here in Wilmington, Delaware, and they focus every day on bridging that disability employment divide. We met with Ernie D'Anstasius. He's the founder of The Precisionist, and we met him on an earlier episode of our podcast. It was part of our workforce development series. And today, we welcome Ernie back for this episode as we dive deep into the partnership that he and his team have with Independence Blue Cross. They're working to place neurodiverse individuals in jobs that they otherwise would not have access to. At the start of this program, we heard from Jeannie Heffernan. She leads the people strategy for Independence Health Group. 
In Greater Philadelphia, we know them as Independence Blue Cross, the top health insurance provider in the region. Jeannie and her team help independents attract and develop talent that fosters their culture of engagement, inclusion, and innovation, all while supporting the company's overall business strategy and goals. Jeannie and Ernie share with us their collaboration on a pilot program that's tapping into the talents of autistic adults and others with neurodiversity to tackle the critical business needs within Independence's Human Resources Department. We kick off with Ernie describing the work that he and his team are focused on. The Precisionist is an IT and business administrative services company that was only two and a half years old. But when I describe what we do, we've actually been doing this for several years more than that. And our focus is to employ and give career opportunities. Our goal is to do that for over 10,000 people with developmental disabilities by the year 2025. And we're so excited because we've gotten off to a great start on that goal and we're making a lot of progress. That's a really inspiring and an ambitious goal as well. And I have to say, Ernie, I love how you, you know, you kind of just casually say, oh, we're an IT company and we do this and this, but you're really much more than that. I mean, you are supporting your clients with their needs when it comes to IT and other kinds of technology and administrative services support. But you're doing it in a way that is really special by thinking about those with disabilities who typically are underappreciated, I think is probably the best word, certainly underemployed, underrecognized for what contribution they can provide in a workplace. Is that fair? That's very fair. And I'll give you a little background on how I got into this. Sure. I think that will be helpful. Absolutely. So I started my career. I've been an IT person most of my career. So out of college, I went to IBM and spent four or five years there, then went to a small startup. Back then, it was a small startup called CAI in the early 90s. And helped build that business, was responsible for the Delaware Valley operation. We grew it to well over 1,000 people. Nice. And it's, it's a great IT business to this day. So what happened was we were chugging along, and in 2013, I got a call out of the blue from the time in his first term, Governor Jack Markell of Delaware. Sure. Now, that sounds like a big deal, but it's really – Delaware's a small place. Everybody knows everybody. So you can run into them in the grocery store one night and see them in a board meeting the next day. It's one of the things that makes Delaware fun. He called and he said he had just become head of the National Governors Association. And that's a a real honor. You're picked by the other 49 governors. Mm -hmm. And it's a one-year term, and you get to pick a platform. That's the only real perk you get. You pick the platform that all the governors are going to work from. He picks employing people with disabilities Hmm. for a better bottom line. Right. Very forward thinking. Right. And he called because he had read about a guy from Denmark who had come up with some very innovative ways to find, assess, train, and employ individuals on the autism spectrum into tech jobs. Okay. So then he did what any good governor should do. When he read about this guy in the New York Times, he got a hold of him. Yeah. And he invited him to come to the U.S. because he was thinking of bringing his model here. And if I could say, Ernie, equally important, he got a hold of you because he knew you were a guy who gets things done and you lead a tech company in Wilmington. No, I appreciate that, Matt. And also that we also did a lot of community-based work with Mm -hmm. Easter Seals and other organizations. Sure. So then, you know, he knew that there was an interest there. So I went to this meeting, and this guy was so incredible, Mm -hmm. you know, and Jeannie's met him before, too. He just had such a vision when he found out his own son 
was on the autism spectrum at the age of three. He quit his job, started a company, and said, I'm going to do something about this and try and figure it out. Right. So that's what happened. And he came and told his story. And I was so impressed with the things that he was doing that a month later, I went over to Copenhagen Mm -hmm. to see it Mm -hmm. and validate what he was saying was real. Right. It was. And you began to incorporate that model into your work at CAI as well. That's correct. And he came over to the States. He moved to the States with his wife and their son, and they got him set up and then in school. And then I invited him to start working with us and created some pilot projects that we were doing nice. for customers. And you had such success, and you were so inspired that you said, you know what, I'm going to shift my professional gears here and start my own company. That's what happened. As happy as I was in the other business, I wanted to do this 24-7. I didn't want to just have this be a side project as part of a lot of other things we did. I wanted to just take this national, do a lot more than just IT, and do this and create these 10,000 jobs. Because I think that makes a real dent into a population that up to now has been 75 to 80% underemployed or unemployed. Right. Right. So it's a chance to make that impact. Right. And as you're rolling out your vision, you need clients, basically. And you turn to one of the most highly engaged in the region, and that's Independence Blue Cross. And Jeannie, I'd love for you to share with us, when you first became aware of the work that Ernie and his team were doing at the Precisionists, what your action was and where you saw a fit for you and your team at Independence. Sure. Well, I became familiar with the concept back in 2014, 15 timeframe and saw if there's a will, there's a way. And so we knew we could probably make it happen. And Dan attended a meeting that actually later down the line with uh, John Fry and many other leaders in this region. Mm -hmm. And he heard about it directly and said, Jeannie, we're in. Figure out a way to make it happen. So what I thought would be the best option was for me as the leader of HR to see what kind of work we had within the HR group so we could pilot the program and really get our feet wet, understand what the capabilities of the model were, track and monitor the metrics and the success factors so that we then could become the champions within the rest of the organization to advocate that this is something that we could and should consider for future project work or there's a lot of particular roles that Mm -hmm. really would be advantaged by the neurodiverse adults specifically testing in the it arena Mm. things that are very repeatable yeah and so we thought let's go for it so in august of 2018 my team and ernie's team got together and we identified a legitimate business need that we needed to take care of which was all of our former employees' files were all Mm paper-based, and they were in a storage facility. And so anytime we needed to research or address an issue, we had to retrieve them from the archive. They had to be sent over. We would lose days. Mm -hmm. People were not happy with not getting a response on uh, items. So we thought this would be a perfect project to really work on in terms of digitizing all of the paper-based terminated files Mm -hmm. onto a server so that the information was right at our fingertips. So we had a very strong project uh, manager lead this effort on our behalf, Carol Hayes, 
and she and the benefits team worked on gearing up, organizing, shipping the files to the Wilmington, Delaware facility. Mm -hmm. And Ernie and his team really worked on assessing, identifying, training of the team of five people that would work on this. And we have been beyond satisfied. It's been an amazing ride. The work has continuously improved. The defects have gone down over the course of the experience, and we are delighted to be a part of it and being here to advocate for it because it is an amazing work effort that they produce. The focus and the enthusiasm just matches everything that we are as a company from a cultural perspective. Regardless of a person's ability to perform at a level, you know, I think one of the terminologies that I sometimes hear is disability, but there's a term that your team uses, Ernie, that is a little bit different. Yeah, the term we use is neurodiverse. Right. And there's a reason for that. It's a neurodiverse talent versus neurotypical talent. They're just different types of talent. Right. But they both have incredible strengths. And in fact, organizations where you have neurotypical and neurodiverse talent working side by side, they're the companies that are the most innovative. Mm-hmm. This has been scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. And companies, I think, are across the country are finally really beginning to realize that we're much better yeah. when we have really a diverse set of resources. Jeannie had used a word, and I was hoping that you could elaborate on it as well, Ernie, and that's passion. The passion that folks bring to their jobs is really important, and it's no different for someone who's neurodiverse as well. And it sounds like there's probably a little bit of a higher level of passion among the audience of folks who are working at the precisionists because you're giving them a chance. You're believing in them. We see it every day, and what we see is individuals that have either spent the majority of their early adult life in their parents' basement playing mm-hmm. Xbox, right? or they're doing a task or a job part-time that isn't anywhere close to utilizing their skills and their gifts. And we hear these stories time and time again to the tune of 75 to 80% of this workforce. Right, right. So when they get into an opportunity like this, like they have at Independence, mm-hmm. where they can, you know, there's structure, there's a solid team, there's a project and they're prepared for the workforce properly, Mm -hmm. which we do, these individuals, their confidence level starts to rise. And I don't care if you're neurotypical or neurodiverse, confidence is a very powerful thing. Right. And you begin to now go out and get your driver's license. You go find an apartment. People that have thought that they would have no shot at any of these things, it all kind of fits together. And it starts to come together for them. And that's what we see all the time. And I suspect it's a domino effect where you believe in somebody and they start to believe in themselves and they take more risk and they try something new and they put themselves out there a little bit. And it's amazing to watch that growth personally and professionally of an individual, again, regardless of their abilities, whether they're classified as disabled or not disabled, to your point about how we define folks in certain categories, if you will. Right. I do want to say, too, that it takes a customer that also has a passion for this. Right and commits to it. And Jeannie and her team and Independence did that from day one. And that has a lot to do with this being successful. I'm really glad you mentioned that, Ernie, because I wanted to turn to Jeannie and ask about that, because a lot of people think of Independence Blue Cross as a health insurance organization. And sure, that's, you know, the typical interpretation of the work that Independence Blue Cross does. But you're so much more than that. 
and you're actively engaged in the community. And, and one of the things that really stands out for me is there's a focus of enhancing the health and well-being of people in the communities where independence operates. And that culture has to be something that everybody embraces or it's not really going to work. It's not going to be authentic. Right. So where I'm going with this, Jeannie, is how hard of a decision was it for your team to say, yeah, we're going to do this? Or was there this moment of, why would we do this again? Even though the CEO comes back from a meeting and he hears about this, is it really practical? No, not at all. The team was way excited, completely on board from day one when we talked about it as an opportunity and excited because our core values are so powerful in the company. You know, we believe in excellence, innovation, empowerment. This is a perfect example of applying it in a non-traditional way of healthcare, right. per se. So there was no resistance whatsoever. Actually, it was the opposite, I would say. And now to really highlight the accomplishments and the success and the metrics, we are just ecstatic right. to be a leader and a front runner in doing this. And hopefully we'll be able to really help uh, Ernie achieve the 10,000 by 2025. Yeah, I love that number. That's right? great. I really do, yeah. <laughs> Jeannie, I want to dive into it a little bit more and ask you, what advice that you would potentially share with your peers? You know, you get contacted by somebody who's thinking about participating in a program with the precisionist, and they want to know about the hurdles, or they want to know about the, you know, the pitfalls, if there are any, you know, what should we expect type of thing. So what kind of guidance and advice would you give a fellow human resources professional when they're thinking about embarking on an ambitious program like this? I think the key to our success really has been the collaboration with Ernie and his team. And you need to make sure the work that you're identifying to get accomplished, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to have a situation where we set someone up to fail or even TPI. It needs to be a very open, collaborative identification of the work once that's done, you really have to plan and map out so that you have a smooth execution. Mm -hmm. It's not one of the things that I would say you would want to like wing. Mm -hmm. You really do want to put time and effort into ensuring you have the foundation set, the criteria set, and defined so that these young adults can really be clear on what it is they're looking to accomplish and then feel that success every single day. Mm -hmm. Because Ernie and the team track and monitor weekly on all the work they're doing because it's not a matter of just scanning yep. these files. These files have to be prepped. They have to be quality checked. Documents have to be removed from files that are not appropriate maybe to be in the mix taking out the staples even to make sure they're clean so that they don't cause problems when they're going through the uploading process and, and the organizing of the files into the digital mm -hmm. setup. So it's being very precise. It's mm -hmm. being very clear and defining so that ultimately it's a win-win outcome. And what's great about that is it's building on the skills that these individuals actually have mm -hmm. and have in abundance, really. Yes, absolutely. The attention to detail mm -hmm. is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It really is. That's and great. Um, my team had gone down and actually did a walkthrough and an oversight to see the work in action. Mm -hmm. And they came back even more motivated. Right. So that's really great to hear that the expectations they had were not only being met, but being exceeded. It absolutely. Like. Yeah. And Jeannie, I suspect that as the executive in charge of human resources at an organization like Independence, you're coming in contact with your colleagues of all levels within the organization every day. 
And not just because you have to, but because you want to. It's part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I know you've had the opportunity to engage with our colleagues who are part of the independence family that are working through the precisionists. And I would love for you to share a story or two that you may have had about coming in contact with your colleagues. Oh, absolutely. So actually, probably back in the September timeframe, Ernie invited me to join him at a tech luncheon at the Crystal Tea Room. So I went to the table and sat down and introduced myself to other people at the table. And a young woman was next to me. And I said, my name is Jeannie Heffernan, and I work for Independence Blue Cross. And she got very animated, very excited. And she said, I'm Emily, and I work for Independence Blue Cross. Nice. And I was taken back a little because I didn't pick up on the fact that she was a TPI associate working on our business. Right. She identified as being an independence yeah. associate because of the nature of the work that she was doing. Right. She was so excited, she kicked right into giving me all of the statistics and metrics and measurements that were happening with the project work mm -hmm. and the fact that she was so excited to be a part of it and that it really allowed her to branch out in her personal life where she was now living in her own apartment. Nice. She was taking public transportation to get to work right. and she was beyond proud yeah. of herself and it was delightful and truthfully I got teary eyed mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> when I met her and uh, since then Emily did so well on this project she actually was promoted right. to another project that allowed her better and more opportunity to yeah. shine. I love the description of proud because it's true. You know, she feels proud, but you too feel proud ah. for having a role in helping to lift her mm -hmm. and enhance her confidence and enhance her skill set. And it's got to be really satisfying. And the passion that she displayed is exactly the type of passion you want employees to display. So how perfect is that? It was wonderful. Thinking differently sharing great ideas, and offering thoughtful and innovative advice that helps to advance the success of their clients. This is all part of the Newmark Knight Frank way, and it reminds me of the teams at both Independence Blue Cross and The Precisionist. The team at Newmark Knight Frank, they're helping to attract new companies and new jobs to our region through their support of this podcast. With roots dating back to 1929, Newmark Knight Frank is a top-tier global commercial real estate advisory firm operating with more than 16,000 professionals out of about 430 offices on six continents, including an office right here in greater Philadelphia. With an enterprising culture and a fully integrated platform of services, Newmark Knight Frank professionals are providing their clients with a single source solution for every phase of owning or occupying a property. From strategic planning, site selection, design, to construction, initial occupancy, and ongoing cost-effective operations. Learn more at ngkf.com. That's ngkf.com. And join me in thanking the team at Newmark Knight Frank for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. Now let's get back to our conversation with Jeannie and Ernie. Ernie, I want to shift gears slightly because I know this is important to you and your team at The Precisionists. This is not a charity play. This is a professional services firm that is delivering top-notch functionality, and they're doing it in probably what's best described as a non-traditional way by utilizing the skills and the expertise of a very distinct audience of folks with some sort of disability like autism. But that notion of the precision as being a for-profit 
organization, it's not about pulling on the kind of uh, philanthropic strings, if you will, of a company who wants to help. And I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit. No, thank you, Matt. And we thought long and hard before we launched the company, whether to be a 501c3 or whether to be a for-profit company. And we chose to be a for-profit company, but we're a benefits corporation, Mm. which is really an interesting twist to a for-profit company. It's a status that you get if you have an equally important social mission in driving the business. Mm -hmm. And so we are a for-profit benefits corp. And you hit on it. It's not a charity play. It is a performance model. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, if we don't run the business really efficiently and to the bottom line and deliver great results, it has to be based on performance because if it was just Companies, they might try one project and almost look at it like a charitable contribution. Right. That's not sustainable. Right. We have to be every bit as good as the best services company out there. And the advantage that we have is that why we thought this was a great thing to do is we have the expertise. We're practitioners for over 25 years Mm -hmm. doing project management, scorecards, work processes, work streams, all these different things as well as technology. We said, well, we know how to do it. Now let's figure out the workforce development component to this and then bring it all together. Right. And that's what we did. Yeah, and it makes sense because if you're not performing at the level that your clients expect you to perform, they're going to reevaluate and they're going to adjust regardless of who your workforce happens to be. That's right. Yeah. Because ultimately, they have a business to run and they have to be successful. Yeah, totally. So I want to shift gears slightly because, as folks know, we at Select Greater Philadelphia, we're all about business attraction and sharing the stories of the entrepreneurs, the innovators who are driving and transforming growth across the 11-county neighborhood of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania, which is why I love that we have an organization like Independence that really services southeastern Pennsylvania based on your kind of charter and mission, but is also partnering with an organization that's in the neighborhood working out of northern Delaware, and each of your organizations really have a national reach. And I know Independence has a presence in, I think it's 37 states. I'm going by memory now, though, Jeannie, and I'm testing your memory. (laughs) 25 states and the District of Columbia Columbia, and Puerto Rico. Yeah. So your reach at the Independence Health Group in providing expertise in the administration of health programs and health plans is really significant. But it started here in Greater Philadelphia, is my point. And Ernie, your team, while you're headquartered here, and your vision started here in Greater Philadelphia, you're branching out as well, and I would love for you to expand on that as well. No, thank you. We realized from day one that we wanted this to be national. And it's the only way we would achieve our 10,000 goal by 2025. The first market we entered outside of the Delaware Valley was Nashville, Tennessee. And we opened an innovation and technology center there a year ago, Mm -hmm. and it's going very well. It's a wonderful – like Philly, it's a wonderful community Mm -hmm. that's fast-growing and has a strong interest in the disability community as well. And we just recently did the same thing and had a huge rollout in Phoenix, Arizona. The governor came. He announced that we're going to create 500 jobs there in the next four years. So we've made a major commitment to Phoenix, Arizona yeah. as well. Yeah, that's So great. those are our first new markets outside of home. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And what I love about that, with both of your organizations, it's right in the spirit of and the motto of our approach of growing greater. How do we grow personally and professionally and take the expertise that has originated here in greater Philadelphia and expand it into other parts of the country, other parts of the world, other industry sectors, things like that. 
and both of your organizations really epitomize that kind of approach. I think with the partnership we have here with Independence mm-hmm. and their commitment to the community and all the things that they embody every mm-hmm. day, the opportunity to create significant employment for neurodiverse people over the next several years right here in Philadelphia is enormous. Yeah. And hopefully we can go down that path together and figure out how to make that happen. And Ernie, you're talking about neurodiverse, but I know you may expand into other areas as well. Is that something you can share a little bit more insight into? Yes, absolutely. And when I say neurodiverse or developmental disabilities, Mm -hmm. we're not just specifically saying autism. It includes OCD and ADHD and other developmental disabilities. But the other thing we want to focus on, and it's in our charter, is disabled veterans as well. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to first build that strong foundation in the markets that we're in through what we know best, which is the autism piece, and then expand beyond that. Yeah, it's an evolution. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's great. So, Jeannie, I want to shift a little bit, and I want you to take me to a backyard barbecue that you're going to this weekend. And one of your neighbor's friends family member comes up and says, hey, Jeannie, how you doing? What's going on at Independence and anything new happening? How do you describe for them this initiative that your team is working on with uh, the precisionists? Yes, actually, this has happened. It wasn't a barbecue, but it was a uh, <laughs> an event that I was at, and the press release had hit, mm. and someone saw the press release and was in awe of, I cannot believe you guys are doing this. This mm-hmm. is, like, pretty significant in nature. How did you get involved? And, right. you know, is it successful? Is it happening? And luckily, I've seen firsthand and took a tour of the facility and have watched these adults perform. So I was able to describe exactly the experience that we've had. And, you know, even statistically, the team of five were able to convert in seven months, nine years worth of paper-based files. I mean, that's pretty significant when you think about it. And now, literally, all that information is at my team's fingertips when we need to take care of somebody's vested pension benefit or whatever it may be. Access the files. Yeah, it's a good story, but it's a real story, and Mm -hmm. it's a powerful story. And I would highly advocate for other employers Mm -hmm. to really think about what kind of work they have that could lend itself to this type of model because ultimately our goal is to expand beyond the pilot Mm -hmm. that we've done introduce this model now to other areas of the organization that might have a business need but the ideal scenario then is ultimately to convert the tpi associates onto the independence blue cross payroll and they will be our associates and can start a career and a path forward beyond the original mindset and model that tpi has launched yeah beyond the pilot yeah that's really great i'm glad you mentioned that because i did want to ask ernie and i picked up on the fact that the folks participating in this pilot program are actually employees of tpi the precisionist inc who are deployed to a specific project with independence is that typically how the model works with other clients It is. What ends up happening and what Jeannie highlighted is really important because we want to also give our customers, our partners, that opportunity to utilize this as one of the ways that they can increase their own diversity and inclusion hiring over time. And at the same time, there'll be a subset of our folks that will make perfect sense 
to convert over and become employees of independence. Yeah. There'll be others that it'll be a much better fit for them to stay with us right. and go to an assignment at a financial services company or right. a pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. It just depends on each person like anyone else. It yeah. depends on their career aspirations. And what's great about this partnership is, you know, we can all work together, totally transparent, and say what's going to be the best thing for each individual. Right. That and makes then sense. make those decisions together. Yeah, that makes really good sense. Because, you know, as unique and distinct of the skill set that people with neurodiversity may bring, they're not that different from you and me. We all have those kinds of aspirations, those hesitations, those challenges in our confidence. And and when you can put yourself in an environment that you're all creating at Independence and at TPI, it's really lifting them to new experiences and new heights. And it's really, it's got to be really satisfying for you guys. I'll just add too, I also was able to meet some of the parents of the workers. Yeah. And the parents you could see were just thrilled and excited and proud But also, there was a relief, too, that their child has an opportunity to really contribute in a meaningful way. So it was also nice to have that conversation. I bet. And you know what? I would suspect on some levels, that's probably even more powerful, that you're able to help this parent's dream almost come true. The child may not think about it through that same lens because they don't have enough life experience yet. But the parent has been challenged with a concern for the past 20 plus years or so of what's the future of my son or daughter going to be? And to see them in a productive work environment where they're happy and contributing and advancing has to be super satisfying for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Absolutely. really great. I'm glad you shared that perspective, Jeannie. It's really helpful. Very good. Yeah. And I really want to thank you both for sharing your insights with us right here on Growing Greater. It's inspiring, and it makes me want to learn more and get more engaged with both of your organizations. So thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. One point I want to make is just the Precisionist is very grateful to have a partner like Independence Blue Cross. And I want to thank Jeannie Heffernan for her leadership, her vision, and for the commitment and passion to make this happen. We're very grateful. I'm really glad you mentioned that, actually, Ernie, because you can have a vision, and if people don't believe in it the way Jeannie and the team at Independence Blue Cross are, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't get that traction. So it's exactly it's, right. It's really important, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because we can't be who we are without the support and the engagement of others who believe in us. Well, and let me just add to that. Really, our leader, Dan Hilferty, is a visionary, always has been, always will be. And to work under his leadership and having his support and endorsement and sponsorship to make this happen was really powerful. This novel collaboration between independence and the precisionist is helping neurodiverse individuals realize their full potential and making the joy of work and being part of a team a reality. And while the roots for this program are right here in Greater Philadelphia, the potential for national expansion, it's on the horizon. If you like this inspiring story, please be sure to rate and review our Growing Greater podcast and share it with friends and colleagues and family and through social media, too. And be sure to check out other episodes at radio.com, wherever you listen to your podcast, or at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast. Hey, folks, this episode of Growing Greater, it was made possible thanks to the team at Kreischer Miller. Kreischer Miller, they're a leading independent accounting, tax, and advisory firm serving the greater Philadelphia and Lehigh Valley communities. 
The Kreischer Miller team is driven by their mission to serve their clients, their colleagues, and the communities where they live and work with passion, integrity, and dedication. And they've built a firm that is uniquely responsive to the dynamic needs of private companies, helping business leaders smoothly transition through those growth phases, those business cycles, and ownership changes. Kreischer Miller's clients, they quickly adapt and respond to changing market opportunities. And because of that, they rely on Kreischer Miller's ability to be responsive, decisive, and forward-thinking. Learn more at kmco.com. That's kmco.com. And join me in thanking Kreischer Miller for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast.